Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner. If you're like most entrepreneurs, you love doing or creating whatever it is that you offer, but looking at your numbers probably has been at one time or another, one of the farthest things down on your list. And that's what gets most people in trouble. On today's episode, I sit down with Maddie Brown of Smashing Numbers. Maddie acts as a virtual CFO and has been a CPA for over 30 years, and she loves working with small, new and emerging entrepreneurs and helping them grow in a way that is profitable and sustainable so that they're reaching their goals and their dreams. At a really fun time, and Maddie offers some of the best business financial advice that you could possibly imagine. Check it out. My name is Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur and investor. The one thing that I get asked all the time is how do you achieve success in business and make an impact? In each episode of the Tribe of Leaders podcast, you'll hear from entrepreneurs and visionaries who share how their leadership has changed not only their lives, but the lives of everybody around them. Hey, everybody. Today, I am with Maddie Brown of Smashing Numbers, which, by the way, Maddie, is, I think, the best business name I have ever heard. It gives me great joy to think about smashing numbers, really from the perspective of, you know, just growing and growing and growing and, and getting through one like level and moving to the next. So welcome to the show. Thank you. I am glad to be here. I, you know, it's interesting. The name came about, I was working with some people and there's so many connotations that you can put with smashing numbers. Number one, you can put smashing them as in crunching them. And, and number two, you can say smashing as in beautiful and wonderful. Right. And both connotate some fun, which I think that your numbers need to be fun to you so that you take the time and pay attention to them. And there's great power in knowing and understanding your business finances. And so that power that you take from it is really a lot of fun. And so I think everybody needs to smash their numbers. I love it. And I think like that is so key for everybody listening is that there is power in knowing your numbers. Absolutely. You know, businesses, I work with a lot of small businesses and a lot of coaches and a lot of entrepreneurial types of people. And they don't always take the time to think about their numbers. And a lot of times they kind of make like an ostrich and stick their head in the sand and, and look at their bank account and say, well, I got a thousand dollars in there. I guess I can spend it. Okay. And that what usually results from that is somebody that at the end of the year doesn't know where their money went and doesn't know what happened in the year. And you can't run a business effectively without having the metrics that come from having your numbers and understanding them. And so it really is a key business feature. And a lot of entrepreneurs kind of take the approach that they don't have to look at it, they don't have to think about it, and it doesn't serve them because they can make better decisions if they're informed and know what's going on. They can help 
make decisions that'll take them exactly where they want to go in their life and what they want their life to look like. And so it really is a an empowering thing to know and understand your numbers. Yeah. So share with everybody a little bit about what you offer your clients because you are like a unicorn when it comes to you know business financial management to me. Well, I am a CPA and I passed the CPA exam in 1981, which was some time ago, obviously. <laughs> and I have worked with literally thousands of small business owners. And we do bookkeeping and we do taxes and we do consulting services, coaching kinds of services. And my favorite people that I work with are the coaches and the healers and the entrepreneurial types of people that don't get the attention that they need to get from the bigger CPA firms. And most CPAs, they don't take these businesses seriously. And these people really need help and understanding so that they can be more profitable and they can be more successful. 96% of the businesses in this country make less than a million dollars a year. Right. And a lot of those make less than a hundred thousand dollars a year. And so we want to help focus on those smaller people so that they can be more successful and have a business that provides them financially and emotionally and is a balanced approach to life. And so I work with people in in what I call a virtual CFO position. And what that means is we get together at least on a quarterly basis and look at your business and do a business review and make sure that everything is in alignment with your goals and your intentions. Mm -hmm. And so those are the three pillars of the business that I do is, is number one, the bookkeeping, number two, the taxes, and number three, the consulting services, which are really the bedrock of what I like to do with people. And it's not the kind of thing that a lot of people get up in the morning and say, gee, I want to look at my accounting, you know, oh boy, happy days. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that it's not, it's not sexy. Okay. It's, it's not sexy. It's not fun, but it is really fundamental. And the peace of mind that you get from really understanding your numbers is impossible to put a price tag on. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I hear regularly that dismays me the most or, or frequently is people that say, I'm not ready for an accountant. And I think that before you start your business, you should talk to your accountant and you should lay out a business plan that is a financial plan that you can see it's feasible and possible to do the business that you want to do. Right. And you need to do that before you invest your own time and money. Then I see too many people that cash out their 401k and put it into a business that they should have planned out long before they cashed in their 401k. Right. Or or ran up their credit card and, and have created a lot of debt. And so 
I think one of the first things that anybody that's going into business needs to do is to create a financial plan. And for that, you need records and you need an understanding of the basic math of being in business. Right. And I think your clients are similar to mine, particularly from the healers and other coaches, et cetera. And my experience at least is, is that they want to totally ignore the number stuff because they love doing what they, they offer. And the number piece managing, you know, the business financially isn't really their knowledge base, Never mind their forte. Right. And what happens is when they ignore it, it shows up in the financials that they create and the business story that they create. And we make it fun and we make it a feel good exercise. And it really should be a cause of celebration in your business. It shouldn't be something that you relegate to the dark dungeons, okay? It should give you moments to celebrate on a regular basis so that you can say, you know, I did this much business. Most people are really good at what they do. They understand what they do. They're good at graphic design or they're good at web design or they're good at coaching. They're very skilled and very talented, but very few of them went to business school and fewer of them learn to be accountants, okay? And most people don't want to be an accountant. I've had people tell me that their accountant yelled at them. And that is the saddest reflection on the accounting profession that I can think of because your accountant needs to be a trusted advisor. They need to be someone that you work with and talk to on a regular basis to help keep your business profitable and focused on generating the revenue that you need to have. Yeah. I mean, you know, I talk a lot about, particularly in the Facebook group, about having a business and a life team. And both my financial advisor and my accountant are on those teams. And I talk to them, you know, quarterly, just as you were saying you do, you know, with your clients. And it's not even that I necessarily need, you know, the review so much as it is to just check in with them and be like, all right, this is what I think I want to do. Or this wasn't working, so what, you know, how can I adjust and move forward? And knowledge is really power. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, people a lot of times feel out of control when it comes to their money. And it really comes down to not understanding the math. Okay. And so they, since they don't understand, they don't feel safe and they don't feel in control. And you need that in order to decide how to do business next week. Mm -hmm. You know, what's working, what isn't working, what do you need to do more of, what do you need to stop doing? And a lot of times what you need to stop doing is more important than what you need to start doing. (laughs) Do you see like any one thing that is typical that your clients need to stop doing? Is everybody different or? You know, actually, everybody, everybody is about the same. And they need to stop looking at their bank account every day and start looking at their accounting records on a regular basis, okay? Because if they use their bank account as a measure 
of their success in business, that isn't going to create the results that they need to show. Okay. And I think too many people rely on looking at their bank online for how much money they have in their account so that they can make business decisions. And that is a treacherous slope to be engaged with. Okay. And you can, you can really change your story into a story of accumulating some wealth, paying off your debt, and just in general, having the life that you want to live. And it doesn't, it doesn't come from studying your bank account balance. It comes from studying the financial records. It's a tool. Some people use massage as a tool. I use accounting as a tool to help manage and and run businesses. Okay. So cool. So what are a few things that somebody could do to start taking ownership of looking at their accounting records to help them build a profitable business and really reach their dreams? Well, several things are really, are really true. You need to have records. Now that sounds fundamentally a little too simplified. Okay. But the reality is just having the records is an achievement for a lot of small businesses. Okay. So that would be my first thing is number one, have your records. And number two, look at what happened in the past in order to predict what you think should happen in the future. And a business plan is, it's not sexy. It's not fun. Okay. But I recommend that every business have at least a one page business plan and a financial vision of where they want to go in the next 12 to 18 months. Okay. And they need to refer to that plan on a regular basis, maybe daily. Okay, because when you hold the vision in your mind of what it is that you want to create, then the opportunities come to you in order to create that because they're present in your awareness. It's kind of like if you're thinking of buying a Volkswagen, all of a sudden you'll see all kinds of Volkswagens all over the place. Okay, and so when you hold your dream and your plan and your intention in your mind as a vision, then the opportunities to create that present themselves. And so that, that financial vision is so critical and it is encompassing of your personal life, your business life, and what you want to leave the world with a memory of, you know, what is your legacy to the world? And that one page business plan is something that I redo Generally, I do it in January when everybody does it, okay? And then I usually go through and in after tax season, I readjust and I evaluate and I, I make up my one-page plan and I use that as my focus for where I'm going in the next six to eight months, okay? And if you hold that vision in place, then you're going to have more success and you're going to know where the money went as opposed to just 
owing money at the end of the year in taxes and not knowing where the money is. Mm-hmm. I hear that all the time. I hear people say, if I made $50,000 last year, where is it? Yeah. And your records will tell you that. Yeah. And I mean, it's the same thing as not tracking, at least generally, like your personal money, where it's easy to spend, you know, 20 bucks here and $40 over there. And then at the end of the month, you're short because you're not. Yeah. And I'll also add, you know, we, I just finished teaching a segment of the Young Entrepreneurs Academy and I took seventh through 12th graders through the process of really getting into their business plan and then getting ready for them to pitch to investors, which happened last night. And out of the entire business plan, and they had to do a market analysis and research and you know all of the other things, but I think the financials are what really defined for every kid, you know, what they were gonna do and how they could make it work. Just looking at those numbers and and you know, really their forecast was forecasting for a month and forecasting for a year. And then they had some operational costs and variable costs. It was not this, you know, 600 page spreadsheet. It was really simple Mm -hmm. that, you know, what we said before that information that they had then empowered them to go create amazing things. Well, the first thing you learn when you do that kind of planning is, is what you're doing feasible in order to generate the kind of money that you need to have to live your life. Right. And if, if you're planning on selling something that costs a dollar, how many dollars, how many units do you need to sell in order to generate the kind of revenue that you need to have in your life and as a business? And how are you going to do that? And that's what your business plan tells you. Your business plan tells you, I need to sell a hundred people at two hundred dollars, and these are the people I'm going to sell to. These are the. This is what I'm going to sell. This is how it is going to be paid, and this is what's going to happen to the money that comes in as it comes in. And the clearer all that is, the more confidence you can go forward with in business because you know you have a feasible plan. You know you have a financial vision that matches up with and aligns with your personal vision. Right. I'm curious too, do you ever get people who are like, I'm just not good at money or I'm not good at financials? What's your solution or your help for them? Well, my solution is, I'm back to those quarterly meetings again, okay? And that doesn't have to be a long drawn out affair, but if you at least sit down and look at your results over the last 90 days mm-hmm. and then compare where you want to go, okay? And a lot of times it's helpful to have someone that you can do that with. And I recommend that that be your accountant, Okay, because I think they need to be on your team. They need to know what you want to do in your business and they need to be present in order to help you achieve your goals. And if you don't have someone that you can actually have a conversation with about your money, then it's going to be terribly difficult to really be successful in business. Okay. 
Yeah. Thank you for that. I think that's so helpful because I think a lot of people are afraid that, you know, what one of your clients experience that their accountant's going to yell at them or judge them or whatever. And, and I think when you let go of that and you find the right person, such as yourself, having that partner can be so helpful because you can't know everything. And this is your forte. This is your zone of genius. Yes. You know, I remember before computers and the <laughs> records that, that we, that we needed to complete. And so I've got a long history of looking at those numbers and I love working with small businesses. They're my favorite. And I really, the saddest thing I see is someone that has invested their life savings and ran up a bunch of credit card debt when the whole business could have been on track before it ever ran off the rails. Mm -hmm. And that's my why, is I want these small business owners to be successful and to live the lives that they want to live. And I can help them do that. Right. That's awesome. I love that. Thank you. Because, you know, I, I think once people start to overcome their fear of money, it can really empower them to just be happier and, you know, have obviously their dreams fulfilled, but make more money and help other people. For me, it's the ripple effect. And it sounds like it's that for you too. Yeah. Yes. Let's shift gears a little bit for a second and talk about cash flow because this is the, like the two words that I hear all the time that people are like, I just don't have enough cash flow right now. So what can you do from a business planning perspective to I guess, help that, help your cash flow improve? And what does it look like? Well, the key is consistency, okay? In order to stabilize cash flow, you have to have a consistent pipeline of business. And what happens most of the time is people get a full roster of clients and they quit marketing. Yeah. And then they quit marketing because they've got a full roster of clients. And then in six months, they don't have a full roster of clients. And your cash flow is a mirror image of what you have done from a marketing standpoint. Okay. And if your marketing is consistent and steady and you have a consistent stream of people coming into your world, then you're going to develop consistent cash flow. But it, but it has to do with the, the activity in the rest of your business. It's all intermingled. Okay. Right. And I think that the biggest thing that people don't do is they're not consistent. They don't stay consistent in their marketing and what the results that show up are the financial results of what they have done or if not done in the last 60 days, which is why that 90 day review is so critical because right. you keep your focus on not the focus has to be on business development. Mm -hmm. You know, nothing happens in this world until a sale is made. Okay. Right. And when a sale is made, then there is a transfer either of product or information. Okay. And that sale is what keeps businesses moving and growing. Mm -hmm. And you've got to be consistent in your marketing, which yeah. sounds funny. You know, a lot of people think that their accounting is a separate independent function, but the accounting, it's like breathing. 
Okay. It's like breathing. Money is like air. That's interesting. I've never said that before. Money is what money, money is like air. You know, you have to have it. You need a steady supply of it. You don't really, you always get what you need. Okay. And you get what you envisioned and it is abundant in its supply. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And powerful. I thank you so much for saying that. Love it. So, so I think, you know, that it all gets back to that business plan. Yeah. Everything boils back down to that business plan and your financial vision. Yeah. And just to reiterate too, what you said, it doesn't have to be this huge, gigantic thing. Like one page is not very long, but it allows you to really get clear about what is it going to take to bring in what you want. Right. If you want to bring in $100,000 a year, then the first thing you need to know is that is $833 a month and $8,033 a month. Right. $8,333 a month. I'll get that right any minute now. Um, You know what CPA stands for? It stands for can't possibly add. I need a a calculator in order to do anything. But if you know you need to bring in $8,000, how are you going to do that? What are you going to sell for $8,000? How many clients? How much are you going to charge them? And that fundamental piece of business knowledge. If you're opening a restaurant, they know how many meals they need to serve in order to generate enough revenue to keep the restaurant open. Okay. And a coaching business or a graphic design business, there is no different. They need to know how many clients at what price and where I'm going to find the clients and how I'm going to reach them and inform them that I'm even alive. And that is what that one page business plan does for you. Yeah. Which is so helpful. I mean, I do something similar with my clients as far as, you know, figuring out how much, how many of whatever it is they need to sell and moving it up to, you know, top level of how many people they need to talk to or reach, as you said. And once they have that clarity, it's like, Oof, they're off to the races and they can just take the action they need to take without wandering through the, no, no, this is going to work and blah, blah, blah. So kudos to you for making it so clear for your clients. Well, and the other thing that I'll factor in is I start at the bottom of the equation and the bottom of the equation is how much money do I want to have left at the right. end of the month? Yeah. Okay. And then I work backwards with personal living expenses and business expenses and taxes and really get a solid number on what your break even in your life is, what you need to make in order to make your entire life work. And that process is, I think, one of the most valuable things that a business owner can do for their future. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd like to move into another place in addition to cash flow too, that I see a lot of entrepreneurs kind of wavering on the they don't know what to do, you know, and that's the do I hire an employee or do I work with independent contractors? And what does that really look like? Because I know a lot of people 
think they have independent contractors, but they're, they really have employees that they haven't recognized as employees. So what's the difference between the two? Okay. An independent contractor is someone that is in business for themselves. The simple version of that is they do what they do for you for other people. For example, we do bookkeeping for a lot of different people. Okay. I'm an independent contractor when it comes to that bookkeeping function because I work people into my schedule and I control my schedule and I have the ability to make a profit or a loss. If there's someone that comes to my office and sits in my office and works on the computer that I provide and does the work that I tell them to do, then they're an employee. And it all boils down to control. If you control their day-to-day activity, if you provide the resources that they need in order to do their job, then the IRS would consider them an employee. And if they consider it a factual decision, it's not whether I want to be an employee or an independent contractor. It's based on the facts of your relationship with that person. Okay. Now in the coaching world, there are a lot of virtual assistants and those virtual assistants work for multiple other people most of the time. And so those are examples of 1099 people that you're required to issue a 1099 to them at the end of the year, showing how much you paid them if you're going to deduct it in a business. And that 1099 reflects exactly what you paid them. Now, if you paid them via PayPal or via credit card, then you're not required to issue the 1099. Doesn't change the fact that they earned the income, but those people don't need 1099. So I tend to recommend paying with a credit card or a PayPal account so that you can avoid the requirement to issue a 1099. If you have employees, then there's quarterly payroll reports and there are W-2s that need to be issued at the end of the year. So team, you have a reporting responsibility regardless of what kind of team you have, and it needs to be done differently depending on whether they're employees or independent contractors. Now, If you have someone that you control their activity and you treat them as an independent contractor, Mm -hmm. this is a very treacherous slope to get on. And if the IRS ever examines the situation, it can wind up with penalties that are more than 100% of the tax. And so the penalties for treating someone as an independent contractor when they are in fact a W-2 employee are huge, huge. And if there's one area that I see small businesses get in trouble with, it's payroll taxes. And so you want to make sure that you're handling your team in the appropriate way so that you don't cause yourself liability when it comes to the IRS. Right. Yeah, I think that's so important because it's, it's so much easier to just do it the right way to begin with, even though I believe like having an official employee is more expensive upfront than 
to have to do the back taxes and all the time of dealing with the IRS. Yeah. And the penalties can be huge. Right. And so it really, you just need to bite the bullet when you're looking at team. Right. I'm curious too. If you control them. Right. Right. I'm curious too. You mentioned PayPal and paying by credit card. What if you're paying some of your contractors with like Venmo or some of the other? Any third party, okay. any third party payer has, they have to issue a 1099. Okay. So if someone has paid you on a credit card, right. then that credit card is going to send you a 1099 at the end of the year. Your merchant account, whatever that is, is going to send you a 1099 of what your charges were that came through on a credit card or came through on PayPal. And so you don't want to duplicate the same revenue. So if you issue a 1099 on something you paid a credit card, then the IRS is going to look for the 1099 you issued plus what your merchant company issued, which is going to overstate your income. And so if it's a third party payer, then you don't have to issue a 1099 to that person. Okay. Good to know. I didn't know that. Very cool. So all these amazing little tidbits that are just so helpful. Tidbits. Yeah. Yay, it's the little things. It is the little things because, you know, it's the penny wise pound foolish. I talk to a lot of people that saving money is a virtuous thing. And a lot of people think they save money by doing it themselves. Mm-hmm. And they don't because right. of the time involved. And there's a cost of time and effort and energy that goes into do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And if a doctor spends four hours on his bookkeeping and his accounting, he has made a very poor judgment call on where to spend his time. Right. Okay. And so we, you've got to look at, and nobody can be in business by themselves. You can't, their business doesn't exist without more than one person, right. you know? And you need a team of advisors, okay? You need an attorney. You need an accountant. You need an insurance agent. You need an administrative assistant. And the sooner you bring those people on, the sooner you're going to move forward, okay? And if you can't take the time to write up a one-page business plan, then you probably shouldn't be going into business. You know what? Thank you so much for being so like straightforward about that because I totally agree with you. And particularly from a leadership standpoint, there's certain responsibilities that we all have that you, one, can't fulfill on your own. It's not your zone of genius. You shouldn't be spending your time. And when you start looking at return on investment, that becomes really clear. But just the part, the pieces of managing your money are really important and having help to do that makes you know, far more sense. So thank you. Every business has a chief financial officer. Mm-hmm. And do-it-yourself is not a good option. I don't care if you come to me or you come to whoever, but you need that team member. You need that person. And you need that one-page business plan. 
Yes, absolutely. And share with everybody so that people can come to you. Where can they find you? Well, you can find me at smashingnumbers.com. And there is a link there for consultations. And if you can make an appointment, I'll be happy to talk to you about what your needs are and what you should look for and how life can be with a good plan. Awesome. I love it. It's an amazing life with a good plan. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. And you've given so much valuable content. This is going to be so helpful for so many entrepreneurs and leaders who are looking to grow and expand their business. So thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. And for everybody listening and watching, we will see you next week. Have a great day. As an entrepreneur, do you ever feel isolated, like you're just grinding away and not getting to the place or reaching the goals that you want? Maybe you've realized that you just spent days, weeks, or even months trying to accomplish something only to figure out that the answer that you have would have saved you all of that time. I know I've had that experience and my clients have as well. And that's why I created the Tribe of Leaders Biz School. Get the accountability, the training, and the knowledge base in a community of like-minded people who are there to support you. Go ahead and check it out. It's thetribeofleaders.com. Thank you.